0: for Her sister actually ended up dying in a concentration camp. This is not just to take the family away because they were hiding as Jesus. Estimated, I'll get into this a little bit more, but it's estimated that they saved over 800 Jewish lives that are family. Incredible. parents and kids. Corey survived and started a worldwide ministry and later told her story in a book titled The Highlights. I'm going to start off with a little bit of background about her and then we'll get into the horrible message. Uh, Corrie Tendwood was born equal April 15th in 1892 in Harlem, Netherlands, near Amsterdam. She
1: was known as Corey
0: her whole life.
1: She was the youngest child with two
0: sisters. Betsy and Noldy and one brother William. Their father, Casper, was a jeweler and a watchmaker. Cornelia was the man of her mother. Family members were strict Calvinists in the Dutch Reformed Church. Faith inspired them to serve their society, offering shelter, food, money to those in need. In this tradition, the family held deep respect for the Jewish community in Amsterdam. They call them gods of Egypt, people. After the death of her mother and a disappointing romance, it wasn't good there, Corey not there, to be a watchmaker, she's like forget hey, boys, wanna watch me? Watches work, cause I make them work. And in 1922, if you've ever read her story, she talks a little bit about this, became the first woman licensed as a watchmaker in Holland. And over the next decade, in addition to working in her father's shop, she started a youth group for teenage girls, which provided religious instruction as well as classes in the performing arts, sewing, so, okay, handicrafts. She was like her own little Pinterest. Well, that's 10 In May 1940, the German Blitzkrieg ran through the Netherlands and the other low countries. Within months, the Nazification of the Dutch people began, and the quiet life of the Ten Boom family was forever changed. During the war, the baby house became a refuge for Jews, that was their home, students and intellectuals. The facade of the watch shop made the house ideal, front for these activities, because everybody comes in and out of the shop, right? So it's not too surprising. A secret room, no larger than a small wardrobe closet was built in the co bedroom, behind a false wall. The space could hold up to six people, all of whom had seemed quiet and still as the Germans came in and searched through the house. A crude ventilation system was installed, provide air for the occupants. When security sweeps began to come through the neighborhood, buzzers in the house would sound off and signal danger. Letting the refugees under a minute to get into this little closet, and six of them stand there without moving in complete silence so that the Nazis would come and take them away. They called it the hiding place. That's the name of their book. Through these activities, it's estimated that 800 Jewish life were saved. I'm going to talk a little bit about this. necessarily even Often cited is this following scripture, Romans 13 1 and 2. Every person should place themselves under the authority of the government. There isn't any authority unless it comes from God, and the authorities that are there have been put in place by God. So anyone who opposes the authority is standing against what God has established. People who take this kind of stand will be punished. That's Romans 13, 1 and 2. It's Paul speaking to the Romans. I'll tell you a short story. In 1933, Hitler's first son of a cow, a young German pastor, and I had to destroy this name. No shame, hostile no Preached a sermon in the towering Kaiser Wilhelm Memorial Church, Berlin's most important church. Words of Romans 13 to remind the worshipers of the importance of obedience to those in authority. The church was festooned with Nazi banners and flags. Its pews were packed with the Nazi faithful, including young men in the brown shirts, the stormtroopers, not the ones from Star Wars, the original stormtroopers. They're not in white, they're in brown. These were the Nazis' paramilitary movement. And this young pastor was using the words from Romans 13 to empower them to go out and drag Jews from their homes and take them into chambers where they would be gassed and killed. They were being told that this was okay to do because Scripture said so in Romans 13. Because the Nazis were in power in Germany, Gross misunderstanding of his teaching about the freedom of Christ. That's why he's addressing them in Romans 13. He's saying to them, keep your heads down. Don't be a rebel just for the sake of being a rebel. He's acknowledging that some sort of order is necessary for human beings to live together. That's why we need government systems. By no means is he saying all law is just. Or that unjust laws must be supported. After all, Paul himself, the man saying these words, is eventually executed for violating the Roman law. He violated it himself, which is why he was killed by the Romans. Even though he was a Roman citizen, they killed him anyway. As was Jesus before him. And thousands, if you've ever read Fox's book of martyrs, Never have that. can we never learn? <laughs> but a Dutch informant told the Nazis about the 10-room's activities, and the Gestapo raided the home. They kept the house under surveillance, and by the end of the day, 35 people, including the entire 10-room family, were arrested. Although German soldiers thoroughly searched the house, they didn't find a half-dozen Jews safely concealed in the house. No. Sorry, I'll pull something up as I read this. Just a second, because I have this, have it on my phone to read this story of Corey Tengu. Um, bear with me. We, as I mentioned, we didn't have internet this morning, and so I wasn't able to pull it up on the internet. Got it. Okay. Um, all the Tengu family members were incarcerated, including Corey's 84 year old father, who soon died. And in the Sachsenhausen prison, located near the Hague. Corey and her sister Betsy were remanded to the notorious Ravensbrück concentration camp near Berlin. Betsy died; her sister died in this concentration camp on December 16, 1944. So one year later, 12 days later, Corey was released for reasons that to this day are not completely known. Okay. Nobody knows why she was released. Okay. Jesus knows. <laughs> but the, like, the records don't show why she was released. She was just released. Even when the rest of her family was killed. I want to read you this story from Corey Tumlin's own mouth. It was in a church in Munich that I saw him, a bald and heavy set man in a gray overcoat a brown felt hat clutched between his hands. People were finally out of the basement room where I had just spoken. It was 1947, and I had come from Holland to defeat Germany with the message that God forgives. She was coming from Amsterdam to Munich to preach to the German people who killed her whole family the message that God forgives. And that's when I saw it, working his way forward against the others. One moment I saw the overcoat and the brown hat, the next a blue uniform and a visor cap with its skull and crossbones. It came back with a rush. The huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me, ribs sharp beneath her parchment skin. Betsy, how thin you were. Betsy and I had been arrested for concealing Jews in our home during the Nazi population of Holland, and this man had been a guard at Ravensbrook concentration camp where we were sent. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talking You saying, I was a guard in there. Realized, it. no, he didn't remember me. I was just another faceless victim. But since that time he went on, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did. There, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well, Father. You can you imagine this young girl? This man His hand came out. Will you forgive me? And I stood there. I, whose sins had every day to be forgiven. I could not. I could not forgive him. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for the asking? It could not have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out. But to me, it seemed hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I ever had to do. For I had to do it. He knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition that we forgive those who injured us. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, Jesus says, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Still, I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function whether the temperature of the heart exists or not. Jesus, help me. I pray silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. Then you supply of the field. And so, woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder and embraced down my arm and sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother. With all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, this former Nazi guard and this former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. It's an incredible story. She also says this even as the angry, Vengeful thoughts boiled through me. I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I pray, forgive me and help me to forgive them. Jesus, I did not forgive them, so give me your forgiveness. And so I discovered that it is not our forgiveness any more than it is our goodness. That the world's healing hinges on, but on his. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives along with the command. You will find it necessary to let things go, simply for the reason that they are too heavy. I've found this in my life. Like I just I, I have limited emotional bandwidth as it is, and if it's taken up with anger or greed or this morning frustration or you know unforgiveness. Like I don't have the capacity for that much emotion. It's just too much. I get overwhelmed. It's too heavy for me to carry all that junk around. Um, it reminds me of um, the story if you've ever read, Token's Progress by John Biden um, where he carries this backpack and the weight of it, and it weighs him down. And it takes him coming before the cross and dropping off that backpack for him to be free. Ephesians 4.32 says this. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Paul says forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. It's the same thing she said in that story that she told. The giving and receiving of forgiveness is is at the absolute core of our faith. There can be no Christian faith without recognizing the need for forgiveness. Paul says each one of us has failed. We've all fallen. Right, Every single one of us has sinned. There is no one perfect, not even one. I, mean, I, I mentioned that this morning. If we can't recognize our need for forgiveness, the fact that we have failed, the fact that that we have stuff in our lives that we just have to give it to God. The whole purpose of Christ's sacrifice on the cross was because it was necessary. Because we needed it. I love this. Where it says, trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. Trying to make these things happen on our own will not work. You cannot just manufacture love for someone. It just doesn't work. There's, it reminds me of, there's this song by the musician Bob Gray. It goes something like, I can't make you love me if you don't. You can't make your heart feel something that I want. and So she did what she could do, which is to reach out her hand and take his and let God do the rest. And I feel like there's some of you this morning. But there's there's people you need to forgive. It doesn't make what they did right. What this Nazi guard did to her and her family and her sister was not right. It was not moral. It was not just. It was sin. None of that changed. She just knew what she had to do for herself, on her side. And that was to reach out her hand and ask God to give her his heart. So here's what I felt like I was supposed to do this morning. If you have someone in your life, you just you can't forgive it. Like, you just don't have it anymore. Um, all I want you to do, and I'm doing it myself now, but the please keep your eyes closed. I want you to just reach out your hand to God. Just like when she reached out for her hand. I'd like you to just reach out your hand. And I'm just going to pray a very simple prayer. Jesus is